Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you. Psalms 81:16 it says, "But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with, with wild honey from the rock." Even in our hardest, unclear moments, those rocks in your life, you can still experience the honey, the sweet goodness of God when our hope and our trust is in him. He will provide. So let's rejoice knowing that everything we need, he's got. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got it. There's honey in the rock. For the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweetness at the mercy seat, now I taste it. It's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know Everything I need you've got There's honey in the rock Freedom where the spirit is Bounty in the wilderness You will always satisfy There's honey in the rock Water in the stone on the ground, no matter where I go, I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need. You've got there's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands. It started flowing when you said it is done. Everything you did's enough. I keep looking, I keep finding. Giving, keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, cause you keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep looking, and I keep finding. You keep giving. Providing, I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, you keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got it. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands. It started flowing when you said it is done. 
Jesus, who you are, is enough. There's honey in the rock.
Psalms 146, 2 says, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. He is enough. Hallelujah means God be praised. And he loves to hear the sound of our worship. Just give him all that you have. Get up and 
Today, we are going to be looking at anxiety, fear, depression, grief, um, really addiction, and so many things. This, this might not be a subject that you need, but it might be a subject that you know somebody that needs some help with this, and, and, I, and I pray you pay attention so that you can pass it on. But if you would, turn your Bibles to Psalm 23, Psalm 23. In 2012, something radical happened to the people of America and really to the people around the world. Every study that I've seen showed a spike in things like self-harm, cutting, fear, anxiety, depression. Now, I'm not talking like a gradual rise I'm talking a spike. And I'm, I'm not talking like a little spike. I mean a massive spike on the chart. W- what happened around that year to cause that spike? If you remember, uh, that was the year that some people thought was going to be the end of the world, right? The Mayan calendar did not go past 2012. And so people thought, hey, this might be the year that it, it ends. Jesus comes back, right? They even made a movie uh, called 2012. I don't know if you saw that with John Cusack, but he was trying to get his family to these arcs that were being constructed in uh, China, and uh, they were supposed to save the world or, or per- save the world from, from its impending doom. But in 2012, something entered our lives and, uh, uh, and became a bigger part of them. Anybody want to guess what it was? What? Anybody? Social media. Social media became a fabric of our lives that year, partly driven by the prevalence of those things that we carry in our pockets, right? The smartphone. In 2012, over half of all Americans had a smartphone. 
in their life. And that brought social media in a big way into our lives. Now, this isn't what Christians say. This is what secularists recognize, that the rise in social media has led to all these things getting a grip on us, like depression, like anxiety. Flash forward COVID, right, and the lockdown, everybody was locked in their house, and guess what everybody turned to even more so? Social media, right? People were driven there. Factor in that you can make millions off of it, and it becomes something that's very attractive. Our kids today see people streaming video games making millions of dollars a month, and they dream about being these influencers. And we're drawn even more and more. And self-harm and fear and depression has taken another spike with our community and with, with the world. It's obtained a grip over so many lives. So we today are living in the most anxious age that has ever been that we can find with humanity. And its grip is growing more and more, but we take heart because God is in our mix, right? And he is greater than anything that could cause us anxiety or fear or depression. And you can find freedom from that grip. My whole perception about anxiety and this issue changed after having experienced a deep anxiety in my own life to a, to a level that I'd never experienced. I, I had had times where I was fearful before having to get up and speak in front of somebody and had that anxiety, but uh, there was a point in my time where it, it hit me every night, and I could not sleep, and it was just a, a time that I was in a pit, and I just want to share what I learned and what has helped me through that time. These are, these are things that you can do uh, no matter who you are and what you're dealing with. I, I think sometimes there is a stigma that if you struggle with these things like anxiety and depression and fear and grief, right? Some, may, some people might think, just get over it, right? Just suck it up, be a man, and uh, you know, put it behind you. I, I'm here to tell you, though, that you're not crazy. You're in a pit. You're in that grip, Right? whatever it is. But I'm also here to testify that God can bring you out of it. Amen? God can bring you through it. You might say, that sounds great, but how? How can God bring me through this? How am I going to get free? And the answer is not found in the how, but in the who, right? There's some great answers uh, that can help us of the how, exercising, Walking just outside. My, my wife says you should walk barefoot outside, something about grounding or something like that. Healthier eating, talking to people, talking to counselors, learning to give yourself some grace. They're all helpful, but they're all the how. And it's not as important as the who. One of the most well-known passages of scriptures is Psalm 23. And it really came alive for me in recent years. So much more. Psalm 23, would you stand in honor of God's word? 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Why will I fear no evil? Because he gives me a plan? No. Because he gives me a formula? Because he said he would fix everything? No. I will fear no evil because you are with me. It's not a how. That's important. But it's a who. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Would you speak that continually into our hearts in a very real way? Lord, may we build ourselves, may we put our foundation on your word, Lord. We give you all praise and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A big shift happened for me in my life when that psalm went from being something that was just on a picture frame right on the wall hanging on there to becoming a very gritty promise from a good shepherd in my life who wasn't just the nice guy, the mild-looking guy that we see, the American Jesus with the nice wavy hair and trimmed beard and, and had that sheep laying on his shoulder and he's just looking out into who knows what, right? When you're in Sunday school, that, that Jesus is okay for you. When you're, when you're a kid, you know, you can buy into it. That's our guy. That's, that's our Jesus. But when life comes and you're in the pit... And you're surrounded by the cloud, and life's just beating on you. Sometimes you wonder, is, is that my guy? The, that picture? I don't know. But I know the picture that we see in Psalm 23, that's my guy. There's a good shepherd, right? That's a good image. Shepherds deal with sheep who we all know are not the smartest, right? And sometimes, maybe more than sometimes, that's me. And so I find great comfort in knowing that I have a shepherd that is watching out for me, a good shepherd, right? He has a staff, and at the end of that staff, I see a hook, right, to prevent me from going in directions that I shouldn't be going, or when I do go in those directions, that hook can pull me out of those pits and help me out. The shepherd has a rod, too. I know there is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I know there is a shepherd comes so that we might have life. That's what he provides. If we allow him, he will lead us besides still waters. Are you following him? Are you on the path? 
where you're doing what he calls you to do? This is the image that we have to have. Do you see him? I mean, is he real? Is this the image that you have for him, right? Not, not some glossed up photograph with, with the staff in, in one hand, right, and, and that perfectly pressed robe and everything like that. Man, do you, do you see the staff? Do you, do you see the staff that guides you? Do you see the rod that protects you? We usually picture him with the staff, but we forget about that rod, right? We used to grow sunflowers at our house. Oh, man, sunflowers are great when you're a teenage boy. You cut those things down, those are great weapons. I mean, you imagine a rod this tall, a little bit flexible, but beefy, like that thick. You get hit by one of those, and you rethink your life, man. I'll tell you. Me and my friends used to just beat each other with those things. The good shepherd has a real staff, though, a real rod. Let's be reminded of that. That's who we need to see. A shepherd who is determined to protect you from yourself and from other things, if you will follow him, right? I, I learned that anxiety is a symptom. Uh, it's mostly a symptom of, symptom of something we're afraid of, obviously, right? And, and the thing that we're afraid of, though, we need to understand is under the sovereignty and control of our God, period, right? It's not something that is out of his control. It is not something that's too big for him, right? It submits itself to him. God Almighty is inviting you to let him be your shepherd. And yes, there are green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness, but there is also a valley. Valleys, right? But there is a rod and a staff to look out for you. Do you see him in that light? The first thing that we want to do, if you're struggling with this or if you want to help somebody who's struggling in this, is you want to point that out. How do we see him? Do we see him as this shepherd who cares for us, that is there to protect us, is there to, to lead us? That's how we have to see him. Then the second thing we want to see is that I want to set him before me. Psalm 16 8 says this, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Of course, if God is at your right hand, you will not be shaken, right? To be at the right hand of somebody was to be at the place of power, the, the place where their ultimate strength is. David's the author, and David says, the strength of his right hand was found in the Lord. And so what do you have to do? You have to set the Lord always before you. I have to keep my eyes always on the Lord. And if I do that, it says I will not be shaken. Look at verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my body also will rest secure. My friends, that sounds good. When you're struggling with fear and depression and grief and anxiety and all those things. 
And I'm telling you that when you are anxious, when you are filled with fear, when you are depressed, right, your heart is not glad. Your tongue is not rejoicing. When you're anxious, there is no rest for you, right? No, your, your flesh is wide awake at 3 a.m. in the morning trying to manage everything that you need to manage, trying to figure out a way forward and what you're going to do about those things that you're anxious about. The thing is, is that he gave me the opportunity to do something and he gives you the opportunity, right? And that thing is to replace what you're fixated on. Instead of being completely fixated on that thing that is causing that anxiety or those things that are causing you whatever, right? I am instead going to set the Lord before me in my vision so that I see him. I see him as he truly is, as that good good shepherd. And he's going to be right next to me at my right hand, the source of my strength. That doesn't mean I'm going to minimize what's happening and pretend it's not happening and just think, you know, everything's going to be great, right? I'm not going to ignore my circumstances. No, I'm just choosing to put Jesus in my view and to focus in on him. 1 Samuel 17, this is what was going on in the valley of Elah. You remember the story when Goliath comes out and is taunting the army of Israel. 1 Samuel 17, verse 4, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. This guy is 10 feet tall. Think about a basketball hoop. That's how tall he is. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. His armor weighed 125 pounds. He is a tank. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a reaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. The shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Everybody was looking at Goliath. And that's why they were dismayed and terrified. They were fixated on the fact that he was much bigger than them. He had the most advanced military weaponry on him and armor, but David wasn't stuck on that. While Goliath was bigger than him, he wasn't bigger than the person at his right hand. While more powerful, better equipped than him, Goliath wasn't even in the same league as the one that David was fixated on. And that's what we need to do. David knew who was going to be doing the fighting, Knew it wasn't him, right, that he was going to have to depend on. 
And that's why he shouts back to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 46. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I will strike you down and cut your head off. Set the Lord before you. Put him into your vision and look at him instead of that big tank of a person. Right? Put him at your right hand and declare him as the source of your strength and let him fight the battle for you. I wish I could tell you that by doing this, by setting God in your vision, everything's just going to change overnight, right? And it's just a simple formula that if you do this, everything's going to be great. I wish I could tell you. It might. It didn't for me, though. But what I did experience was that night after night when I set them before me, those things that were weighing on me got smaller and smaller. That's the option that you have today. You, you have the power that the enemy wants to think that you don't have. You today can choose who's at your right hand and all too often we choose ourselves and we try to do things on our own strength but i'm here today to tell you to set him there maybe there's a family situation going on maybe there's a diagnosis in your story maybe there's a business thing that is happening maybe there's a a, a major issue that you just can't ignore. Maybe you've got something personal going on. Maybe you've got something psychological going on. Maybe you've got something physiological going on. Those things are real. Maybe there's a person with all the power. And I'm not saying you ignore those things. I'm saying put God in view at all times. The scripture says, Always. If you do, you'll come to experience those things in verse 9, right? Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Number one, see Jesus for who he is. He is the good shepherd, right? Number two, set him continually before you at your right hand. And number three, get in touch with him the way he really is. Get in touch with him. Right? This may sound simple, especially when we're all gathering today in church and singing his praises, right? But a lot of times we come near the things of God, but we miss out on God himself and drawing near to him. We need to see him. We need to set him. And then we need to say to him, Isaiah 25, 1, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Those first five words are a great prayer that needs to be on our lips, right? Lord, you are my God. And everything that comes with it, if that's true, right? I want to encourage you to say that today, even in those moments when you don't feel like saying it, right? Just say it, confess it to the shepherd that is leading your life. 
I, I might not totally feel it. I might not completely see it. No, I can't make sense of everything that's going on. I can't explain it all. I can't put all the pieces together. But today, I'm going to declare it. Lord, you are my God. Number four, last thing I want to encourage you to do, to do is to sing the praise of the one who's greater. This really helped me more to that other side out of that pit of despair and anxiety. And I'm here to continue to praise his name. I'm here to say that Jesus is greater. Greater than what? Greater than whatever it is calling you grief, calling you despair, causing you anxiety, causing you to be afraid. Greater than whatever is keeping you up at night. Greater than whatever it is that you can't seem to manage or control. Jesus is greater. And he's your shepherd and he's offering to lead you if you'll let him. He's offering to guide you. He's offering to provide for you. He's offering to protect you. He's offering to follow you with goodness and mercy. There was a time where I thought doom and gloom was following me. But you can look back when you're following him and see it's really goodness and mercy. But I set the Lord in front of me and I said to him, Lord, you are my God and I am going to worship you right here, right now, in the valley, right? I I believe that worship is the biggest antidepressant in the universe. You, You know, the antidote to fear isn't courage. It's faith right? Faith and trust. The, the antidote to fear isn't, gonna, isn't I'm going to bulk up and then take on that big hulk of a man, right? It's faith in the one who's already bulked up and bigger than anyone. The antidote it, to fear isn't me going, I can do it. The antidote to fear is me saying, Jesus, you're in control and you've already done it right he's already done it he's faced every giant every enemy every attack right he's faced them and defeated them all he's defeated sin and death you are the undefeated king of kings and lord of lords and that who is the person that i'm praising and i'm calling on to defend me and to be at my right hand, right? Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. And so I'm going to worship you right here, right now. There was a night where I remember making that conscious decision that no matter what I was feeling, I was going to worship him. And I sang a song, right? I, I was desperate 
desperate for something to just change, right? Desperate to get some sleep, desperate just to have my brain stop moving and running and working and trying to fix everything right. It was 3 a.m. again. A suffocating cloud had enveloped me and was pressing down on me. I could manage the days okay. I was busy. I had plenty of things to think about and worry about and to do during the day, but at night, I could not stop my mind from just being filled with anxiety. The words of Job have come to mean more to me recently. I don't care for the book of Job. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's why I never preach on it. Never have liked it. Would read it. I still don't like it. But Job 35, 9 through 10 says this, people cry out under a load of oppression. We do that, right? They plead for relief from the arm of the powerful, but no one says, where is God my maker who gives songs in the night? Do you get that? We all cry out under the load, but who do we cry out to? There's a God who gives songs in the night. We got songs in the daytime. We got songs on the mountaintops. But there's a God who gives songs at night. Ask God to give you a song. One that spoke to me, right? Be still, there is a healer. That's not it. That's not the song. (laughs) His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy, it is unfailing. His arms are a fortress for the weak. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. I lift my hands to believe again. You are my refuge. You are my strength. As I pour out my heart, these things I remember, you are faithful, God, forever. Sing that song that he gives you, whatever it is. I have a playlist of them. Sing them in worship, right? I got my 10 worship song playlist on my phone. That's my go-to. I know the story should end that when the sun came up, I got up, I took a shower, right? I got dressed, I did a five-mile run. I crushed some early meetings down my protein strength, protein shake. I led a Bible study over lunch, and, you know, praise God, everything was better. But the next day, 3 o'clock came again. And the next day, I was anxious again. But I had a song. And I sang it, and I worshipped him. And the next day, I came again, and I did the same thing, and I did the same thing. And slowly, that anxiety went away. So now I can sleep at night. My wife may not be able to because I'm snoring. But I can. That one thing began to change everything in the bottom of that pit, right, of darkness. And I'm telling you, man, you've got the power to put your faith and trust in him. And you do that when you worship, when you bow down to him. You do that. It's not about, God doesn't want our worship because it's about puffing him up. It's about 
showing that we put our faith and trust in him. That's what it's about, that we submit ourselves to him, that we are in relationship to him. And that's what he desires, because that's a great place for us to be. He loves us. I wish I could tell you that I haven't been anxious since. There are times that I still wake up at night at 3 a.m., but I got a song, right? I know who to set before me. I know who my good shepherd is. And I declare him Lord of everything. Amen. Stand with me. I know who's following me. I know who's leading me. And I'm choosing to set him before me. I'm choosing to set him at my right hand to be my strength. I'm choosing to believe. I'm choosing to worship. And you can do the same thing. And I want to encourage you to to do the same thing with whatever you're dealing with, right? Worship and worry cannot be in our mouths at the same time. You choose which one is in it. You choose which one you're going to speak. See him as he truly is. Set him before you. Set him at your right hand. Declare him Lord and sing a song of praise and worship him. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I know there are people that are dealing with depression and anxiety and a suffocating grief and all sorts of things in their lives. Father, I pray that you would just become very real to them that you would surround them with your comfort, Lord, and I pray that they would see you as you really are, as that good shepherd. I pray that they would put their faith and trust in you and bow down and worship to you and take their eyes off of whatever they're dealing with so that they can fixate them on you. And Father, I pray that you'd give them peace. I pray that you would give them joy. I pray that you would Give them a song to sing. Lord, we love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen.